0: Premier Ford, Toronto Mayor John Tory officially breaking ground on the new Ontario Line. And for more on that, let's welcome in author, transit expert Steve Monroe. Who joins us now. Steve, good afternoon. Happy Monday.
1: Happy Monday to you too.
0: All right, groundbreaking yesterday. Uh, what more did we learn about the construction of the Ontario Line?
1: Not very much, actually. This was much more a photo op than it was uh, sort of a hard news event. Uh, the uh, it was kind of. How can I put it? The picture of the politician standing there in front of a row of diggers that were not doing any digging said I thought all it needed to say about the announcement. (laughs) Uh, Right towards the end of the the press scrum, there was a question about, uh, well, when will this line open? And Phil Verster from Metrolink said, well, you know, we're still getting the bids in. And until we have a chance to evaluate them, we won't really know. Um, So... I think that's a pretty soft answer. You know, the date 2030 has been kicked around, but they're not carving it in stone anywhere yet, particularly given you know, the problems they had with the Eglinton line, which should have been opened by now but has been delayed a few times.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was reading your uh, comments on the event. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Metrolinx uh, will not even award the first of the main construction projects, Steve, until uh, about a month from now, uh, late next month, April.
1: Yeah, and actually, that's that's the point at which they receive the the responses to the uh, to their request for proposals, um, and then the uh, then the contracts get awarded in the fall. There are some contracts, what they're calling early works projects, that are things like getting utilities out of the way and a few other things along the line that will that are in the process of being awarded now but the really big construction projects the tunneling across downtown that doesn't get awarded until fall sometime.
0: Yeah, Steve, can you put this project into perspective for those that maybe haven't been following it this uh, Ontario line? Uh, just how big is this? How massive is this project?
1: Well, it's certainly a a long route. It's about 16 kilometres end-to-end from Don Mills and Eglinton to the exhibition. Um, The the Premier misspoke yesterday when he said it was going to add 50% to the extent of the Toronto subway system, which is not true because there's already about 80 kilometres worth of rapid transit in Toronto. Um, Where the 50% number comes from, the four lines which he announced – uh, of which the Ontario line was one. Together, we'll add about fifty percent to the rapid transit network. So that's where there was some confusion about that that number. But it is still a twenty percent add is is not to be sneezed at. The problem is we're going to have to wait eight years to ride it.
0: hmm yeah, Or more, maybe. Yeah. Or <laughs> more, yeah. So, how transformative will this uh, will the Ontario line be? Do we think when it is finally completed?
1: Um, well, there's probably three major effects. Um, the first one is that the northeast end of the line at Flemington Park and Thorncliffe Park. Um, it's not exactly a transit desert, but it's still a place where there's a lot of people who live and who, to go anywhere, basically have to take a bus to get to the subway. So people who live in Thorncliffe and Flemington are going to be much closer to rapid transit than they are today, and that'll be a big change for them, provided that they're going someplace the line serves. Uh, they're also, of course, going to pick up the Eglinton line when it opens either late this year or early next year for those who are near the, the north end of things. The The other major area that we'll see a change will be the area um, in the, um, like, um, uh, Queen, Queen's spadina King and Bathurst, uh, Liberty Village area will have a rapid transit line linking to downtown. Which is fine if you live in walking distance of the of the of the line, but given how far apart the stations are, I suspect a lot of people will stay on the King and Queen car because it's a question. Well, I'm here, and so is the King car. Whereas the subway, I have to walk several blocks to get to it. That's that's kind of a trade-off. The third big change, of course, and the whole reason for building this has been the question of uh, overloading Blue or Young station which if you can cast your mind back to pre-pandemic days when the subway was packed full, uh, there were very serious problems some days at Blue or Young. If there was the slightest delay on, on either line, the station completely filled up. Um, and um, basically, the only way to fix this is to divert a lot of traffic off of the uh, off of that interchange, and that's something that the Ontario Line will do. Unfortunately, ironically, MetroLink's when they first looked at the Ontario Line, one of the options they looked at was going all the way to Shepherd, and that would have had an even bigger effect on the Young Line. But they're stopping at Eglinton for now. So, whether we'll ever see it go up to Shepherd is one of those political questions for governments yet unborn.
0: All right. Joined by author and transit expert Steve Monroe talking about the official groundbreaking of the new Ontario line yesterday. And I believe at this groundbreaking slash presser, Steve, it was Mayor Tory, Toronto Mayor John Tory, who was specifically asked about a business interruption, interruption to uh, businesses who, of course, well maybe they're used to it because of the uh, pandemic Uh, they certainly have endured uh, lockdowns and uh, interruptions in business over the last two years but this is going to be you would think particularly painful for a lot of those businesses who might be on the construction uh, line for five six seven years if we're looking at 2030. Uh,
1: It depends on where they are and one thing that I will give Metrolink's credit for is um, they have attempted as much as possible not not always to keep the construction out of the middle of streets. Uh, Everyone knows the mess that's up on Eglinton because the line goes right down the middle of the street and all the station excavations have resulted in no end of problems for businesses along Eglinton. Um, The Ontario line, uh, the stations at King and Bathurst and Queen and Spadina, even though they will be under the intersection, the access, the tunnel will be bored straight through without popping up to the surface, and then they'll bore down from the corners of the intersections down to build the station underground. They did that for a couple of stations on Eglinton, but most of the, the Eglinton line stations were built by just digging straight down through Eglinton Avenue. Um, the uh, Queen and Young is going to be a big issue because it's going to be closed for about four years. Um, basically, Queen Street from East of Bay to Victoria Street will be closed. Young Street will stay open and the advantage that uh, business I mean the businesses that are at Queen and Young are I mean there are, there are large office towers and shopping malls which have direct access from the subway and from other streets nearby and indeed uh, the lion's share of people who go there get there on the subway so but it will be an issue that there'll be no Queen Street and that'll have overflow effects on uh, on other streets sure. that, but as the Queen Street traffic diverts.
0: So having said all of that, uh, you mentioned off the top, 2030 is the target uh, year, the target date for completion, although MetroLink sounded like they were a little less than convincing that they would uh, maybe hit that date. It seems like more of a soft target uh, rather than a hard target. I
1: think they've been bitten a few times by dates that have slipped and and don't want to (laughs) to, to sign on the dotted line quite yet.
0: Well, having said that, though, do some of these businesses, do they need, do they deserve a hard date when this will be done? and Do we need one uh, just uh, for there and uh, transit riders and everybody's sake?
1: Certainly, uh, by the time Metrolinks starts construction, they should have a much better schedule based on uh, the estimates from the actual bidders saying, okay, here's how long it's going to take to build this thing. Here's how we propose to do it. And the contract should hold them to the dates that they propose. Um, There's always the problem with projects like this, whether whether the date is a political date, uh, you know, sort of far enough off that you've got a fighting chance of finishing, but possibly a little bit close that you're hoping everything works out so that it's timed for the election. I mean, for example, the Eglinton line would have been open before this election. And Doug Ford would have got to cut the ribbon, whereas because of the delays, it's now fallen behind the election. So there's always a question of how much of a, of a schedule is a political schedule and how important it is not to do that with a big project like this. But certainly by the time they actually start construction, they should have a, much, they should have a really solid idea. We're going to start on this date and we're going to end pretty much on that date. And here's the effects we're expecting.
0: All right, Steve, i got to leave it there for now. Appreciate the update and your time on this. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday.
1: You're very welcome.
0: All right, Steve Monroe is an author and a transit expert, and we're back after a break. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show.